I'm your ice cream man, stop me when I'm passing by. Oh my my, I'm your ice cream man, stop me when I'm passing by. Not every day is a happy, happy, happy day. Because this is Slashers, a horror movie podcast brought to you by two goons with nothing better to do on whatever night we decided to record this week. My name is Jake, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, how's it going, guys? Brian, how was your week, man? Uh, It's not too bad. Not too bad. Got a little uh, work done around the house. No snow and or rain, finally. It's still cold as shit outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you know, luckily with the beard, it kind of helps me out a little bit. Dude, but, uh, I saw a video of some little Irish boy taking a flaming shot and set his fucking facial hair on fire. Oh, no. I can only imagine how bad the smell was. Yeah, actually just the other day. <laughs> you were trying, taking a flaming shot? <laughs> not trying to get my work in trouble, the workplace in trouble, whatnot. This is me doing, you know, on my own accord, basically uh, not having the proper gear when it comes to uh, torching out some stuff. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that oil was behind some tube. So when I uh, cut it open with the torch, said oil spilled out. And as we know, flame plus oil equals flamethrower, basically. Flaming oil, yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I kind of, I, I veered my face away from it. And uh, immediately I was like, do you guys, do you guys smell something? And the whole left side of my face was just. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, not my face. I shouldn't say my face. It was the hair, the hair, the beard, the power of the beard. It protected me. Honestly, I would not have noticed if you hadn't pointed out. I still don't even notice. Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> That's how I, much better than your facial hair. That, like, <laughs> my facial hair is so pathetic that yours is like on fire and still looks better than mine. Yeah, it's funny. My uh, my barber actually after work, I told her the story. And then she looked into my ear and she's like, your ear hair is singed. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I thought you were going to say she looked in your ear and she saw out your other ear. Classic oh, dad joke. man. I like it. On the topic of dad jokes, I wanted to get on a pulpit and scream a little bit. And I also wanted to thank you. This, this podcasting empire we're building is my therapy. I had the fucking worst day. And I literally, you open the door to my house. And what's the first thing out of my mouth? I'm itching to fight. Like, I am in such a terrible mood. And let me ask you something. Is there anything worse than being in a bad mood and somebody incessantly making dad jokes? Like that, why, like the stupid puns about everything. I'm, I was thinking back, I owe my father a tremendous debt of gratitude. Because my dad's a funny guy, but he's not a compulsively funny guy who has to try and make you laugh. Right, it's not but over I, the top. Exactly. And so I'm in this situation where a person in my life is trying to make light of everything and I'm just in the worst mood and there's like no good way to be in that situation because if you if you come across as even just authoritative and say we need to move on you come across as an asshole right it's so annoying yeah I mean and there's also a time and a place for uh, the humor right and sometimes you come across a certain individual who just does it all the time yeah. even in the worst possible times right and you're like yeah i get it let's just lighten the mood with humor but you're like no just fuck off it's exhausting to deal with and i i like i know that i'm very high strung i think we can agree i put on something of a character for the show because i'm getting amped up i'm getting ready to go in my daily life i'm not like waka waka every 5 <laughs> seconds right i don't know i know you as a waka waka kind of guy uh, but you know you. 
we usually we're doing something exciting. We're at a hockey game, so of course I'm going to talk shit. Right. You know, the circumstances being as they are. That being said, thank you to you, Brian, to our fans who make this possible, to my wife who tolerates me, because this show is such a catharsis for me. Because I was like... You came over, I'm itching to fight. I'm in a shit mood, and I'm fucking laughing. I'm setting up our studio. We're moving. We did our first IGTV video, which we don't know was if, weird. We don't know if it's actually out there. Yeah, because Instagram <laughs> is crazy. It's somewhere in queue, somewhere, I think. So. Uh... Well, it said it was 100% uploaded, and then it's not there. So I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know if this is like the Pied Piper shit from Silicon Valley where the lady's like, but I uploaded it and I didn't use any of my storage. I feel like uh, we'll just hit the button a couple times and then there'll be like 30 of our IG videos yep. appear. Yeah, that's, People that's will be really fun. annoyed and they'll talk shit and then they'll never watch it again, which well, is fine. you know, they talk shit, they don't talk shit, whatever. Yeah, I could use, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been hated before professionally. It's pretty dope. I had a kid from high school make a parody band of a band that I was in. And I was like, do you realize how flattering that is? That you went to that lengths to try and make fun of me? That you had to try and create a band? I feel like you get unjustly picked on. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the um, like the full sleeves. You usually wear short sleeve shirts. And like the tattoos on your arms are very visible. I feel like, I don't know, guys just seem to look at somebody else that has a full, you know, not full sleeves, but good portion of their arms tattooed thinking, oh, this guy's some sort of a badass or hot shot and I'm going to go and attack him or, you know. You're talking about the time when we went and saw yes, Mad Max my birthday. that's exactly what I'm going at. So let me tell the anecdote to the people who weren't in the crowd that night. So for my birthday, what, three, four years Shit, ago now? Oh, Jesus Christ. About almost four years ago, yeah, I dude. think. One of my all-time favorite films is Mad Max. And so we went to the New Bev Cinema. Well, that's uh, the Tarantino yep. Cinema, right? So we saw Mad Max, and then we saw Mad Max, you know, two. Into the Thunderdome. Well, this is Road Warrior. Thunderdome's the third one. Right. But it's, you know, the reason that I stutter on it is because in North America, it's just called the Road Warrior, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. So you're, it was you who was saving the spot, and we were trying to park. I literally was so excited to see these movies that I made shirts for my wife and I. My wife was then my fiance. Mine said, I'm just here for the gasoline because if you know your Road Warrior history, that's half of his dialogue <laughs> in the whole movie. It's so great. Yeah, it's awesome. And then I made a shirt for her that says, I'm just here for him, which was kind of a cute sentiment. So we join you in line. And then my friend Alberto joins us in line. And some dude with this 17-inch goatee. And kid in tow. Yeah, dude. He comes up to us, and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going, guys? And he's, he talks to Alberto, and Alberto's like, oh, hey, how's it going? He's like, yeah, yeah, why don't you get in the back of the fucking line? And I was like, excuse me, Haas? Yeah. Because he thinks he's going to step large to my friend Alberto, who's a, a nerdy dude. He's got glasses. He yeah, doesn't look very, intimidating at all. He's very unassuming. He, and and so. I say that in a polite way. Yeah. It's not a, a knock against him. He's not the fucking Undertaker. Neither am I. Right. But I'm certainly halfway there. You know what's funny is going looking back at it, the guy totally reminded me of, and I hate to say it because we've had a history with this said fighter before oh yeah totally remind me of nick diaz oh my god <laughs> so we also had an mma podcast where nick diaz threatened us both uh, <laughs> because i made a meme about his brother <laughs> he sent us he sent us facebook messages at like two in the morning yes it was excessive and then he was like <laughs> he threatened and called me a pussy and then he's like well are you gonna take it down and i was like no like <laughs> we did though right i think eventually. we ended up doing it eventually because then he got polite at a certain point he stopped being threatening he was like oh come on please and i was like it was just 
all in all, it was just a strange ordeal. So anyway. I feel like he was like extremely stoned and oh, like, I don't know. His default status of being just for like sure. typed in hashtag Diaz or something and was like, well, whatever. Yeah. And so going back to the story with, you know, Macho Man at the New Bev Cinema, he tries to flex and he gets up in my face. So his goatee hair is like tickling my <laughs> chest. And I'm like, does this work? Does this fucking work where you just get to step up to somebody and think that they're just going to bend over backwards to you? And we all got in. There was no question. There was enough tickets. We were all just together. And he was like 10 people behind us. So there was no question. Well, I mean, essentially, it was like Monchismo. It was just him acting like a bravado in front of his son. And it was weird because I get the idea. You're trying to send a message to your kid. Like, you, you know, people shouldn't cut in line. I don't think of it as cutting in this scenario, but I digress. But he went about it by being an asshole. Right. That's like, you know, fighting sexism while being racist. Doesn't work. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. That's a weird trip down memory lane, but I like it. I like, you know, I get amped up. But you're exactly right. People like to, to talk shit and stuff. I'm like, okay. The thing that right. drives me crazy is when people have no fucking gumption about it and they want to, like, say shit and then not be accountable. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to throw down with everybody, but... Have a fucking spine. Right, right. But then, I mean, at the same time, what I look at it as, like, the whole instance, you can basically verbally outspar this dude. You know what I mean? Just, like, yeah. talk him down. And well, because like, I okay. made fun of him and was like, is this the impression that you're setting for your son? <laughs> and then he ended up walking away, and I was like, you look like it. And it was crazy because people who were behind us Everybody in was line- looking at him like, look at this asshole. Yeah. Like, they don't care. They they had, they didn't care at all that you were like, oh, hey, I'm meeting up with friends who literally were saving my space. It's not like... Because people with a fucking brain saw me drive around the block twice and waved to you each time, <laughs> so they knew that I had been there. This is a weird tangent, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, you're entirely right. I think I'm a bit of a lightning rod, but luckily I'm not as sensitive as I was when I was a chubby little kid. <laughs> you definitely... I don't know. I feel like Tuna maybe wasn't exactly like you then, right? Because I feel like he had uh, a, a pillow as yeah. a fat kid, right? Fake so he technically it. wasn't a fat kid. Yeah, he's, he's a bullshit. Fake, he's a fake fat kid? Exactly. He oh, doesn't man. deserve it. We're jumping ahead, but... Uh... We are. <laughs> All right, so I have a couple more talking points, and then we'll get into the show. I had a thought. We, we did Leprechaun last week. I want to ask you a quick question. Okay. How the fuck did O'Grady pay for the stretch limousine and the booze? With gold coins. But Okay. Then how does Warwick Davis have 99 of the gold coins when he's sitting there counting after they get a back? Maybe he had another stash when he was in Ireland. And I thought the only thing that made sense was that he was like tracking everywhere that O'Grady spent the gold and killing people along the way. That's an inconsistency. But at the same time, so... O'Grady wouldn't want to just go ahead and spend a gold coin on renting a limousine. Right. Right. Because you're like, dude, these things are, at least from what the collector is saying, which I feel like is bullshit because they're like, oh, it's only worth $500. And they're potentially priceless. It's really worth a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be like, oh, yeah, here's a gold doubloon. Keep the change. Right. For me to (laughs) rent a limo, not own a limo. Right. So, you know, strange. What movie did we do this week? We did Ice Cream Man. And we did Ice Cream Man because. When I was growing up, I remember distinctly going to uh, Blockbuster and perusing through the horror section and seeing all the cool titles, the posters, essentially, on the front of the VHS box. And so which one did you get? Did you get Clint Howard on the cover or did you get just the ice cream cone on the cover? I got, I got Clint Howard okay. on the cover. I and think that one's better. Yeah, it is better. I've, I mean... It's sad to say it because it's an actual person that doesn't really have that much makeup <laughs> on him right? at all. But you're like, oh, that's kind of scary and interesting, and I want to watch that. And 
I thought I for remember. a second you were going to say you had a memory of going to the movie theater and I was going to call bullshit because this is a direct to DV or a direct to no, VHS. No, no, no. So, you know, it's always a gamble with the VHS rentals at Blockbuster because you only get a little bit of tidbit of information on the back of the box. Yep. And uh, it's not like you can be like, oh, Siri, what the fuck's this all about? Exactly. That's one thing we talked about. It, like the VHS era of horror and movie rentals was very different with it's Blockbuster. Essentially, it's like uh, the C's candy of uh, <laughs> VHS rent- movie rentals, yeah, right? It's You're literally like... judging a book by its cover because you didn't have a smartphone that you could Google and see what some, you know, what Siskel and Ebert thought of it. It was just a I mean, I... quote on the front. I guess, I guess you can essentially watch a little of the video, taste it, and then rewind it, <laughs> essentially putting it back in the box. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think there, there was actually Super Video Plus in Glendora, which, <laughs> here's some fun criminality of Jake's background. When that uh, video store in Glendora went out of business, uh, I owed them $38.67. <laughs> Suck it, motherfucker! Never seeing a dime of it. Right, right. Because I, <laughs> I loved Godzilla movies, and I would rent like <laughs> five at a time, and then I'd forget one of them, and that's how... That's like the new, the newer version of library books. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're like, well, I'm never giving this back to you, so... <laughs> Goodbye. But yeah, so they had a policy where if you returned the movie within an hour of having been there, it was free. Oh, that's cool. That was kind of cool. But then they went out of business, so it tells you how smart their business model was. <laughs> so yeah, we did Ice Cream Man, and you know, going back to growing up watching it, I remember it being a lot cooler and yeah. scarier than um, than it actually is. But you know, because it is neither cool nor scary now. You go back and visit things, and it's bound to happen. Yeah, right? for sure. There's so many things that I was like, oh, this is so great. Nostalgia's rules. And then being like, oh, it's actually not that good. Kind of a bummer. But I don't think this this is going to, we're going to have fun. There's enough meat on the bone here where this isn't going to, you know, satisfy the soul for the horror. But it's going to at least subdue your hunger for a while. Are we ready to get into uh, statistics? I just I was going to do some minor trivia oh, first. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Did you know the movie was partially sponsored by Converse? You know what? I did read, well, I, so I read that, but this is after I was actually looking uh, or remembering that they showed a strange amount of Converse shoes, like Chuck's, yep. Chuck Taylor's, in the movie itself. It's and very you're like, weird. well, that's, I mean, hmm. Uh, it, it There's reminded even a plot me- point around it when they go to that kid Tuna's shoes that are right, on his Right, right, that's true. And it reminded me a lot of, uh, actually, of Leprechaun. Right, because in Leprechaun, remember they yeah, show the uh, Brunette Rachel's uh, shoes like a, a shit ton. Oh yeah. So yeah, I thought when I first read that I was like, oh, you know, they probably just had a bunch of shots of shoes. I mean, it was directed by a porn guy, so maybe as a foot fetish. <laughs> and then I saw it in multiple different sources, so I was like, okay, it must be true. I read it on the internet. Apparently, they tried to crowdfund Ice Cream Man to Sunday Bloody Sunday. I can get behind it. Well, I just love the title. I don't care about the movie itself. I mean, I feel like uh, Bono would have something to say about that. <laughs> with his stupid glasses. But uh, yeah, so they tried to get it to coincide with the 20th anniversary back in 2014. They missed it. And at the rate we're going, they're going to miss the 25th anniversary as well. But apparently there are still talks to try and get it done. But considering this movie cost $2 million 20 plus years ago, I don't know how much crowdfunding on Kickstarter is. Yeah, I wonder how much that uh, equates to nowadays, right? As far as money wise, that's got to be, it's got to be a lot, right? That's actually a very interesting point. Kind of makes you wonder, like, how, I guess it would put into perspective how big of a flop it was. Exactly. Well, I don't, we don't know if it's a flop or not. For all we know, it made its money back but, because you know, it's direct to DVD. 
yeah so i think i if i remember correctly like 10 years later it came out on, on blu-ray or on dvd so i wonder if there's any way we'd be able to like scrap up dvd sales but it's still it can't even come close to the two mil so two million dollars in 1995 money is three million three hundred thirty seven thousand one hundred ninety five dollars and twelve cents in 2018 money oh wow i thought it would be a lot more than that so would i but huh. i think that that doesn't i mean inflation in that capacity i don't think really reflects let's take for instance shooting in la now there's right. also like seven million more people who live there but interestingly enough i don't know if you caught this on the uh, little trivia or tidbits some of the scenes were actually filmed at the porn director's house yes which is really creepy if you think about it especially with so many children about hey you i would know be what? like don't touch anything <laughs> billy don't pull open a drawer don't look in any photo hey guys albums. uh hang out on the hang out on the couch over here this hey this mom i found stuff. a swing <laughs> why is it in a bedroom yeah, I would comb over that bitch with a fucking black light. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. It would be fluorescent everywhere. Hey, Mr. Director, why are all of your mirrors on the ceiling? <laughs> That's so creepy. It is very. So, okay, going back to the budget, you said it was $2 million. Okay. Yeah. Immediately, I think to myself, where did the money go? Yeah. Right? This is a money laundering scheme if I've ever seen it. I, you know, I'm not trying to shit on the movie because we haven't even really even gotten into the movie. Yeah. But I don't understand where the $2 mil goes. It's... Maybe on the factory, the ice cream factory, the location. I don't know. It can't be know. much. It can't be on like, you know what? They did have some solid casting, like, uh, you know, casting some of the supporting uh, actors. And I say supporting very loosely. Exactly. Because the supporting cast. You mean they're like, just people who are in the movie. There's somewhat well-known actors, yeah. but they don't contribute anything to At it. At all. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. And there's a lot of extras in the whole asylum scene. But other than that, I, I like you, I'm kind of curious as to where that money went. Uh, like Brian said, we'll get into the statistics at this point. $2 million budget, no idea what the gross was. It was a direct-to-video release. Most places said that it came out uh, 5 dollars Rotten Tomatoes said 6 which is kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know if I trust that Rotten Tomatoes like 100%. Almost seems like it's like a Wikipedia of um, movies, but I could be wrong. Well, yeah, anybody can contribute, and I think that that's that's one of the things is Wikipedia said the nine five ninety five, Rotten Tomatoes said six one ninety four, and that's the only movie. Oh, that so said they're like one and the same. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's odd. And IMDb is like the same thing. They're like, oh, do you want to edit something on this movie? You can totally have the option to. <laughs> uh, nope. So, I mean, I guess we can kind of get into the competition that it had. In the month of May, you had Die Hard with a Vengeance, you had oh. Casper, you had Braveheart, Bridges of Madison, but fucking County, Crimson Tide. Oh, here's a good one. Johnny Mnemonic, Henry Rollins and Keanu Reeves ripping it up. The, Ch- the City of Lost Children. Okay, that one impresses me because I actually quite like that movie. And There's no fucking way that movie will hold up. No fucking way. I mean, the first movie you said, Die Hard with a Vengeance. What? Okay, yeah. the end. Uh, Braveheart. What? Come on. I mean, Braveheart's like, yeah, it, who wants to see a three and a half hour movie where you end up bawling your eyes out? It's the not Passion saying, of the Christ Not saying prequel. I would bawl my eyes out when I watch Braveheart, but you know, it's neither here nor there. So the movies that actually came out the day of were French Kiss, When Night is Falling, and The Earth Did Not Swallow Him. Huh. Huh. The Indeed. Earth Did Not Swallow Him. That's, uh... That's an interesting title. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have to really get into the competition because yep. I don't think it really has any. Directed by Norman 
Epstein, a.k.a. Paul Norman. I was going to say, is it really, yeah. though? <laughs> a.k.a. the director of Edward Penis Hands and one, two, three, Sperm, Sperm Bitches. bitches. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, I read that and I, was, I had to do a double take. Sperm Bitches? Oh, interesting. Um, All right. I had a note, never trust someone with two first names. Hmm. Paul Norman, not doing it. Nope. Written by David Dobkin who directed episodes of Iron Fist, so we know we can't trust this fucking guy. <laughs> he also wrote the story for the 2017 King Arthur, R.I.P.D., Jack the Giant Slayer. Brian, are you catching a theme where people keep giving this fuckhead tons of money that he squanders on just <laughs> terrible movies? <laughs> but yeah, and that's pretty much where we stand with the statistics. Shall we go into nicknames? I actually didn't prepare any advance because I wanted to, like... Have this be a more exploratory yeah, we'll, part we'll of the just, show. We'll, we'll spitball it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like yeah. improv is a little bit better than regurgitation. So I like it. I like it. Here's my in. My I'm doing an intro for nicknames. 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 Wow, that's good, right? I wrote it myself. I'm impressed. Just now, you practice that uh, in the car on the way here. No, I was improv. Damn. Very good. Okay, so who do we got going for the ice cream man? Okay, I got two. Okay, Tranya, because as you may know. He was in an episode of Star Trek, the original series. It is so fucking weird. But first, the Tranya. Uh, so that's one of mine. <laughs> is his name it, like Bullock? Bullock? Yeah. Bullock. Yeah. And then the other one would be Joe Montaigne. Joe Montaigne. Yeah. That's good. I was, you know what? Mine aren't as clever. I was literally going with the Ice Cream Man because they reference him as the Ice Cream Man like multiple times in the movie. They don't but even that could go be off confusing because of... we talked about this. They they switch Ice Cream Man and Ice Cream King interchangeably sometimes. But it's like the detectives don't even go off of his actual name. They don't say Gregory. They, they don't say think they the even know his Man. name for a while until they talk to <laughs> Nurse Wharton, right? Yeah, that's 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 definitely true. It could he could also be not Ron Howard. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> we'll just call him the other Howard boy. <laughs> the other Howard boy, I like oh, it. Oh, I had a question for you. Did you think that the uh, the tagline for the movie Happy 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 Day was that supposed to be a reference to Ron Howard and Happy Days? You know what? I was thinking that as well. I don't think it has any kind of correlation between no. the two. I feel like he would be chomping at the bit to give that kind of trivia in interviews and stuff, right? And so here's the thing. When they have a tagline, have a happy, 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 happy day, or is it, I might have had one too many happies. I think you did. Anyways, you feel like it would be a little bit more influential throughout the movie, yeah. right? It was maybe said once or twice. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, nothing. And we'll get into that, because I have a whole rant prepared <laughs> for when we get to the Wishing Well Asylum. So what are we just going to say? We'll probably end up calling him Ice Cream Man. We'll just call him that. I think okay. that you, have, you raise a valid point, just because... So many of the people in this movie already have, like, nicknames for names. We'll get into it. Justin Isfeld was Johnny Spodak. I don't even know who that is. I guess that's mm. the kind of Joey Lawrence-looking kid. Tuna? No, the other about... one. Not tuna. Oh, oh, not Tuna. The skinny Tuna. Yeah. Okay. We'll call him, uh, what, Yeah, he kind of reminded me. He had, like, a JTT kind of haircut. Yeah, right? These kids are indiscriminate because if you grew up in the 90s, it's just like, oh, that's every kid. Right. Uh, so I feel like Andy Mc... McAfee? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say her name? Andy McAfee is Heather Langley, you know, the solo girl in the Rocketeers. Yeah. You know, that's kind of cool. It's a bunch of, bunch of boys, and uh, she was able to uh, hang out with the dudes. And, you know, I nothing really comes to mind as far as what she did in the film, but as far as after, she did a lot of voiceover work. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. She, I think she did, like, most recently, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. Hell yeah. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, it's a great one. I love I it. I don't know what we would call her, though. 
I, nothing comes to mind. The girl. Ponytail. We'll just call her the girl because she's <laughs> the one girl in the movie. Yeah. It's total sausage fest in their little groups of friends. So we cut to Olivia Hussey as Nurse Warren. Um, oh, I, I went ahead, but whatever. Nurse Wharton, I don't know what the hell's going on with her. Because she's supposed to be this geriatric lady, but she's clearly the finest woman in this movie. So she, it's very weird. She, I want to say, if I did the math correctly, she's like 37 at the time of filming. Doesn't look uh, it. What? She's, so she's 37, but she's playing a geriatric nurse. She's a right 37. She, and, she, <laughs> and she's she's <laughs> she's hunched over, and she's acting super frail. So, like, there's either some underlying, like, disease that we don't see affecting her, or maybe she has, like, schizophrenia or something where she thinks she's some, like, s- severely old lady. Yeah. We're right? getting that in the Wishing Well Asylum, it's, too. It's really strange. There's no payoff for her. I feel like we could call her Plot Booball. You can literally Boobals. call her Where's My Dog. There we go. <laughs> Dude, where's my dog? <laughs> yes! I like it. Did I, ref- I think I referenced Zoltan on the... Leprechaun in Space episode, too. This is nice. crazy how cyclical all these movies become. <laughs> There's Jojo Adams played Tuna Casera. His name is Tuna. I thought that it was supposed to be a nickname, so I don't know why he's... Name- so, can we call him Jim Halpert? I was going to reference Big Tuna. Okay. So, yeah, we can call him Big Tuna or we call him Jim Halpert. Then um, there's Mikey Laveau as Small Paul. I don't know. I was going to call him the Page Master because he looks just like Macaulay Culkin. Oh, shit. I like it. Done deal. And then uh, Sandal Bergman, dude, Red Sonia. There you go. Right? She was a queen. She was a queen in Red Sonia. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Reyes Jr.'s first movie. Oh, is it really? Yeah. The kid nice. who ended up being uh, Timo in Ninja Turtles 2. I'm probably... And he was Michelangelo in Ninja Turtles 1. Nice. And he was in The Rundown with The Rock. I did all that research in my brain just now <laughs> without ever having to look at IMDb. I like it. That's my life. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Sandal Bergman. Is she? She's not the sister in Roseanne, right? She looks so much like the sister in Roseanne. Looks like it, but I don't think it is her. Okay. But I don't know. I was never a Roseanne guy. Does that shock you? I'm never I, really struck by I wasn't really a Roseanne guy either. I was a Grace Under Fire guy for a couple weeks there. Nothing. I have no idea. It was some blonde lady who had kind of the exact same thing as... Roseanne. It wasn't very good. Speaking of blonde lady, what was that blonde lady's issue in this movie? Was she possessed? Is that what's going on? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Heather's mom, yeah. So it was just kind of... Heather's mom has got it going. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going on. She's for so long. I'm I'm obviously jumping ahead. Like, I always do. And... uh, he, the dad's like, why don't you like to hang out with your mom? And she's like, fuck this crazy bitch. <laughs> why don't you like to hang out with your mom? Because I don't have a fucking pawn show to keep her spit on herself. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. I thought I thought there was something like wrong with her, like mentally. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. They're throwing that in there. And then like at the church, she was totally fine. Yeah. I was like, hmm, that's, that's weird. weird. And she's in it later on totally fine as well. Yeah. Uh, David Naughton was Martin Casera, Tuna's dad. It was weird because I tried to watch the Monster Vision with Joe Bob when he had Clint Howard on. It was actually not Monster Vision. It was Joe Bob's back or summer school, but whatever. You I say, digress. You, you say it's Tuna's dad? Yeah. Is this a sleazeball? Yeah. Sleazeball. So it was weird. I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like, eh, I'm not worried about overlapping with him too much. I don't have the trivia brain that he does. I'm just kind of a vulgar, dumbed down version of Joe Bob. But he referred to David Naughton as the Dr. Pepper guy, 
and not an American werewolf in London. And this blew my fucking mind. Yeah, that's a little weird. He might have referred to him as, like, later on in the episode, but at least the part I listened to didn't, and I was kind of disappointed. But then again, I mean, Clint Howard's kind of a unique dude, so... Yeah, so you're saying he was distracted by it's, the, it's the shine on his dome? It's, it's definitely possible, right? Because he's the one that was referring to him as a Dr. Pepper guy and not uh, clearly uh, American Werewolf in London yeah. guy, right? So there's definitely something going on up there that we're not really sure what. Do we have to give nicknames to the other fuckers? Because I don't know. It's mm. necessary. Nothing really else. Nothing else comes to mind other than one of the detectives. God damn it. What the hell is his name? Jan Michael, Michael Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. Right. So he was in Air... Bud. It's not Air Bud. Air Chimpanzee. <laughs> it's it's called Air planet. something. God damn it. Air Stud. I totally fucked up. I should have read this. Air something or another. Anyways. Airplane. He literally... Air Train. Air Automobile. You know what? I had a nickname and it totally escaped me. Not giving a shit. <sighs> Seriously. He looked like he was so unimpressed with everything going on. Seemed like he'd even like prepare for his lines. Right? He's oh, like, for sure. fuck this shit. There's some weirdness this weird. in this movie where, like, I honestly wonder what the hell's going on. Like, when they're walking out of the asylum, we'll get to it, but it's weird. Jan Michael Vincent looking at IMDb, bite the bullet, the mechanic, Buffalo 66, Airwolf. Airwolf. That's the one that gets referenced to him all the time. Can we call him Airbud instead? Yes. That makes me happy. I like it. I like that quite a bit. So we'll move on. Do you want to get to the recapitation for tonight? I can do it since you're doing the sleigh by play nowadays. Oh shit, man. All the pressure. All of the pressure. Okay, recapitation. Guy leaves asylum, becomes ice cream man, kills people, end. <laughs> right? I mean, there's no real plot. I mean, he he d- dies by his own devices. Yeah. Nobody learns fuck all. There's no moral the end. That's it. Perfect. This right. is barely above production value for an average episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Essentially, you just told us the entire plot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> what little plot there is. It's it's there, hanging by a thread, but it's there. So, all right. We ready to go into Slay by Play? Uh, let's, uh, I'll show you. You want to hear my uh, oh, intro for Oh, man. Slayer? I haven't prepared for anything. Slay by Play. Slay by Play. And we're just waiting for any fans to uh, throw out their little tidbits or maybe make some kind of sound bites for us to yeah, like include in this. I'm certainly not going on Fiverr and paying for that <laughs> shit. You want yeah. to pay $37 for two seconds of music? Get fucked! <laughs> Which I realized, so I've been saying get fucked a lot on this show is like my catchphrase. And my wife reminded me that for the first three and a half years of our relationship, my catchphrase was pretty much, you can fuck right off. So I, I think I like it. Up. You're evolving. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe devolving because I feel like... Simplifying. It, yeah, yeah you're, you're definitely compiling it all into... I'm becoming more of a Buddhist. <laughs> Less words is better. You can fuck the right off to get fucked. Get fucked. I like it. That's all right. good. All right. Going into... Do, do, do. Slay by play. Do, do, do. <laughs> it's, it comes a second time. You miss a second verse, bro. Oh, fuck. All right. All right. Here we go. So the beginning of the movie, right? It's in black and white. Did it remind you of the intro for Trailer yes, Park Boys? It was so cool, yeah. right? I because I love Slayer, uh, Slayer, Slayer Park Boys, Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I like both versions. Right? Of what you just said you know Bubbles is definitely my favorite. I feel like he could definitely fit himself into this movie. I of would some love sort, to right? see Ice Cream Man with Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> one of the fun, the hardest times I've ever laughed in my life was during one of their stand-up specials. He comes out with his guitar and he's like, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> so good. With his little jaw set forward. <laughs> uh, 
what is it? Uh, <laughs> down with the Plato and Socrates, and I like to get busy with all the ladies. Nice. I like it. Big fan. So, you know, opens up in black and white. Let's just s- quote Trailer Park Boys for the next Fuck hour. It. We don't have to get into this fucking movie. Absolutely. All right, keep fucking, going. Sorry. Fucking Randy. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get bourbon stains out of cakey pants? It's cakey, Randy. <laughs> Again, one of the hardest times I've ever laughed. That's it, Ricky. I said Randy. It's Ricky. Well, Randy is the t-shirt burgers guy. Oh, that's right. It's uh, Mr. Leahy and Randy. No t-shirt. That's right. Prostituting himself out for burgers. <laughs> I love uh, that the, the Ricky-isms. When he uh, he calls them Rakens because he's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Not raccoons. Rakens. So good. Oh, shit. Okay. Back to Ice Cream Man. Fine. The, uh, <laughs> the movie at hand. Come uh, on, guys. So black. If you and- can call it that. Black and white, right, shows a uh, ice cream truck pull into frame. All of a sudden, some, like, gangsters roll up, right? Doesn't it seem like it's, like, a bunch of, like, gangsters and, like, like, a low rider? rider, But then it's, like, white dudes with, like, a Tommy gun. It seems super strange, right? Out of place. Like, this is, like, suburban neighborhood. And you got these, like, like (laughs) gangbanger-looking dudes, like, rolling up. I mean, gangbangers can live in suburbia, I guess. For sure. But, you know. Probably the most corrupted people in the world live in the suburbs, I'll have you know. Right, right, The white middle class is keeping everybody down. (coughs) Jake. Shut the fuck up, (laughs) you yuppie scum. So they pull up and they shoot said ice cream man, right? Ice cream king. The ice cream king, I I should reiterate. The ice cream king. And... Nothing really is explained on why. No idea. You have no idea. There's no backstory. It doesn't explain it. At least uh, at you're just point. like, well, you know, whatever. Later on, there's a newspaper clipping that says that it's drug related, but that, that drug related has yeah. not, no point. I think it would be better if it was just completely unknown as to why. Right. I was gonna say they're better off just not saying anything. It was just a random drive by. Because then you, I kept wondering, like, oh, is, you know, the new ice cream man going to stumble upon, like, a cachet of cocaine or something like that? And that's going to be a plot point? That never pays off. This movie is, like, the king of shit that just doesn't pay off. But keep going. So then you see the little kid, right, who walks up to the the dead ice cream man right next to him and grabs a push pop, right? And he's just like, this is fine. I mean, it's got a little blood on it, but fuck it, whatever. Sits on the curb, starts eating. I did not real like I had to stop. I literally paused the movie to try and figure out if he was shot in the head or if it was splattered yeah, from the guy. Yeah, that's really weird, right? So it was just blood on his on his nose. No, he got shot. That's oh, he, why, yeah, he got shot. Clint Howard has the scar on his forehead the whole time. I didn't notice. Yeah, that. right. It's not very good. It doesn't huh. make sense. Okay. Well, and then you see like the mom come rushing to him, like, "Oh my God, my baby!" Right? He's like, "Mommy, who's gonna bring the ice cream now?" Right. And so the entire time that's happening, you don't see like a father figure. And nope. in my mind, I'm thinking, "Okay, so this ice cream king is uh, like his father, like illegitimate dad, or he's the illegitimate son, or how does that work? Illegitimate son, illegitimate bastard son, bastard illegitimate son. That works. Yeah." So, so yeah, basically the ice cream king was delivering, <laughs> what is it? The yogurt filled soda pop. <laughs> Special delivery. Yeah. Cream filled icicles to uh, to his mom the entire time. Yeah. So he was on his way to uh, make that a uh, special delivery. He, he and, pushed uh, up, pushed in, pushed against the wall. <laughs> and then he got capped, you know, and maybe, uh, maybe poor Gregory kind of thought to himself, huh. Oh, 
this guy kind of seems like he's pretty cool. He could be my dad. And then he gets killed. And then, I mean, that goes into how he acts now. Yeah, because it has this like weird idol worship. And I, I mean, I think that the point is supposed to be he has brain damage and it's the triggering event. But it's almost, yeah, it almost seems like one. it was like during the like extreme innocence, yeah. he gets brain damage during the epitome of youth. Right. So he just gets like stuck. In, in that perpetual yeah that but then he is also like sadistic and whatever but that's one of the weird things too they try to make him sympathetic later i think that i like your backstory a lot better that, that <laughs> it's the dad yeah i mean it's i mean i'm obviously trying to connect the dots here but it makes sense for why he would be so obsessed and have like a picture and be like you know a shrine. So it's not just a picture there's like candles and shit yeah. oh, oh yeah even even when he goes when he goes to the cemetery absolutely yeah so, so let's move on to modern day wherever i don't know where it's set but uh oh yeah 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 so it goes to the kid right so there's a kid playing some kind of computer game so weird it's, it's not a tv it's not i don't on a computer. know it's it's super yeah it's on t it's on tv and he's like furiously typing and nothing's happening no, i'm sure. like i don't i'm not sure what's going on you're doing it wrong <laughs> your keyboard's not plugged in right right it's like those uh those stupid memes of like the girl with like the nerdy glasses on wearing no clothing and she's like playing uh n64 and it's clearly not plugged into yep. the fucking console <laughs> gotta love it so he hears the ice cream truck and he runs over to his mom's purse straight up jacks that woman's purse oh takes, yeah yeah she like, yells at him she's shit. like he's like tough luck bitch yeah Runs off. There's a weird little thing where he like pauses at the gate and goes ice cream and looks into the camera. Right, because you didn't, you had no idea that that was the ice cream man. Unnerving. Right? It was, it was a little strange. Like, like obviously it. to the point where you're like, yes, I get it. This is the ice cream man. Hence this the ice cream man's music <laughs> playing right now. I don't know. Maybe maybe ice cream man music is well. It's not universal. Let's put it that way. I mean, there's definitely different if music. If you didn't have a butt-fucking childhood, it's not <laughs> universal. So the lines form, right, for everybody to get ice cream. And I remember doing this as a kid, right? Uh, yeah, at Finkbinder Park. Absolutely. And uh, I remember, oddly enough, not always getting ice cream. I remember getting Pop those caps and um, stuff. the planes that you snap into place, right? They're like, mm -hmm. I don't know, 25 cents, 50 cents, you and you fucking get these little styrofoam planes, right? Yep. I would get pop caps and like the, the snappers. Oh, you stuff. get like tattoos. You oh. get some sweet ass tattoos. I should have. I remember getting a lot of tattoos at Round Table Pizza. Yeah, man. You get like a full on sleeve of like Harley Davidson fucking eagles and shit. All these are fake. My tattoos <laughs> on my arm. I got these at Round Table. Yeah. So the kids basically, I don't know. It's your like first interaction with him, right? Yeah. But he's it's not good. But it's... Is he supposed to... Which of the kids is supposed to be, like, the starring the main, kid? Right, the main character. None. Right, nobody. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, obviously... It's not this fuckwit. It's like, not, not Tuna. It's looping, not Tuna. Looping back around, it would be Small Paul. But it's not. It's not, no. Because he's not really in any of... Or, or I shouldn't say any, but he's not in a majority of the of the scenes. Yeah, I mean, the other kids, you're following those kids to save him, who's, like, the Rapunzel character. I'd say Tuna. I think so as well. Yeah. But even then, I mean, he's like the butt of every joke and he's like the fat loser kid. So Unfortunately, just... the main character is named Tuna. Yeah. So that's where we're at. You have the ice cream man who is like, oddly enough, kind of like lingering in the shadows. He has his fucking sweet ass like bars coming down the front of his little window. Super You're like, intense. Jesus Christ. Do you know that Clint Howard said that he would scream in his car every like every time he was driving to set so he'd have a gravelly voice? You know what's funny is when I heard his voice for the first time, I was thinking Little Nicky. Yep. Right? Yep. Little Nicky. It sounds exactly like Little Nicky. So, I mean, 
Is it possible Adam Sandler stole it from this? For sure. When did Little Nicky come out? Oh, mid two thousand. No, ninety eight in the nineties. Wasn't it though? Wow. Damn, I'm fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> but that... he even he even has his little lurch, right? Like Little Nicky has little like Nicky a... was two thousand, so we're both half grown. Okay. So and Little Nicky had like a weird kind of gait, right? Popeye's when he chicken when is he fucking awesome. <laughs> When yeah. he'd walk. That like and lumbering I, kind of hunch. Right. Yeah. And, and Clint Howard kind of does the same thing in the film, right? And you don't really recall there being any kind of injury uh, or ex- explanation. You got shot in the fucking head. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I guess yeah. Hey, I, I've never been shot in the head. So maybe if I did, I'd have the same fucking thing. Headshot. Yeah, that's it. Did I do a good one? Yeah, that was really good. Unreal tournament. Yeah. It's unreal. So, right. It goes to the kids kind of interacting with each other and saying like, "Well, I want this," and then they change their mind and go to another thing. And you the can kids like, "I want to be an old man by the time you get fucking ice cream." And right, like, you can be an old man before I get to you know a new new scene in the movie. So, yeah. well, I thought so. I thought that Tuna was supposed to be like the bully figure, and then he's not. And so it was just kind of like like I said, it's just kind of aimless with who's supposed to be like the kid. Yeah, definitely. And but you know what? You what's really cool? I think in the, is this the shot where it shows inside the ice cream van yeah and you the you roaches see, and the flies you see the the mice, the mice right yeah. okay so did, is it just me or were the mice way too clean yeah dude to be- okay. I, I, I was like you couldn't afford rats what is well, this? And not only that but they're like the whitest mice fucking ever and they're crawling around in ice cream and you're like okay so if they're in ice cream they would be sticky and okay, I get it. Animal rights. You're not gonna throw them in a bunch of ice cream, and but it just seems so out of place, right? Yeah. I really. I don't know if I it was really... supposed to be like his white ice cream selling outfit, and they were more like pets. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But I feel like they would have had a little bit better effects if they would have just stuck with the Madagascar his roaches yeah. and maybe some like earthworms or something. Yep. Right. And you're like, okay, I get a bucket of worms for like two dollars. And then fucking have at it, right? I think so. Or some like mealworms. Mealworms are really good at yeah. being creepy looking. Yeah, that's true. Although at the same time, I think they did end up having worms in his in, shoes. In his shoes. But those were earthworms. Yeah. yeah. So they did trail back to it. So then what happens next? So then they end up going to the park. And it's kind of weird. The kids comment that the ice cream man is weird, but his ice cream's good. So it's like, whatever. They refer to themselves as the Rocketeers, and then uh, they race to the park, actually. And Why are they called the Rocketeers? Because this is the prequel to Rocket Power. <laughs> oh, that you know what? That totally makes sense. It does. It makes an eerie amount of sense. They're doing wow. extreme sports of, you know, That's crazy, bicycles. because there was always, like, out-of-shape kid that hung out with all of them. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I thought this out. I was waiting to get to this part just so I could talk to you about it. Yeah, and so doesn't it pan to the uh, small Paul? kind of twirling around on the merry-go-round talking about i think this party's on the swing like he's pi- reading the book. oh yeah, yeah pied piper then right? they come up and i thought for sure though here's an interesting part so he's on the swing and he's reading the dumb book and from behind you can see this gentleman coming up who's like picking trash who's like hunched over and he's like dude he he's, looks super creepy i'm yeah. like child pedo and then the other kids show up and he backs off and then the child pedo yeah I thought for sure that the kids were going to, like, torture him, but they're all friends, apparently. And then they're on the merry-go-round, like you said. And then the the guy who you referred to as Child Pedo starts spinning them on the merry-go-round. And he's like, oh, and the Pied Piper, they didn't want to pay him. So he butt-fucked the children to death, <laughs> and they paid him real good. And they're like, what? I don't think that's how it goes. Yeah, it was And the kid really is literally weird. holding the book, and he's like, I don't know if that's how it goes. <laughs> you just say, no, that's wrong. I can prove it. Here's it's, the book. It seems strangely forced. Yeah. Right, right? This part of the... 
the movie. But yeah, it was really weird. Like you get the creepy vibe from the old man. Mm. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, in the book, uh, he, he, you know, lures the children away and then he fucking does whatever he wants with them, like you said. Yeah, kind of creeps out the kids. And then you hear the ice cream man again, right? You hear the ice cream man, not the ice cream king. Yep. You hear the ice cream man. Ah, it's very good. Uh, I appreciate the uh, distinction. <laughs> and so this is where I immediately think to myself, how many times are you going to have fucking ice cream during the day? Dude. Jesus Christ. Even right? fat kids like, dude, we just had ice cream. And small Paul's <laughs> like, I want more ice cream. I have a chemical dependency. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking to myself, by the end of this movie, they all had diabetes. Diabetes. Do you know it's not all ice cream? It's uh, instant mashed potatoes because it would stay on set longer without milk. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, you can really tell when it shows the close-up of his shoes on the porch. That ain't ice cream. Nice. Yeah. Nice. The more you know. Maybe it was like garlic mashed potatoes. Hmm. I could eat the Could fuck out of some garlic mashed potatoes. Fat kid like licks his shoe and he's like, oh, no, this isn't <laughs> ice cream. I don't have to worry. Mom, it's fine. This ice cream man's not going to kill me. This is mashed potatoes. Pass the gravy, bitch. <laughs> so the fat kid drops his popsicle and eats it anyway. I don't know if that was supposed to be oh, funny or right, what. Oh, right, right. This is where they're all running, right? And he drops it in the sand, yeah. right? And then they all leave the one kid. The, the, the little, new kid. Yeah, the kid that was in the very beginning, right? Yeah. Playing the stupid fucking video game. Computer boy. We'll right? call him Virtual Boy. So you will not, you automatically think to yourself, he He did. He's dead. He did. Right? You're like, okay, well, he vanished. He's fucking gone. You see this creepy-ass ice cream man. You see the creepy fucking pedo man yeah. um, picking up trash. And apparently picking up trash next to the ice cream man is a way for you to die. This kid is as safe as like a little Japanese person and Godzilla's on one side and Ghidoran's on the other and he, like, he's like, go Godzilla, go! <laughs> and he's still gonna die. I feel like that's this kid. Because he's like, go Ice Cream Man, save me from the bad. Because Ice Cream Man does kill creepy pedo guy with the, you know, trash picking up stick, which you find out, whatever. What do they always tell the, the poor little fat kid, Tuna? They say, well, they don't tell him specifically, but without saying you're the stinky smelly kid, we're telling you you're the stinky well, smelly kid. Like, They're like, the, the last, last one, one there is a stinky smelly squid. Right, yeah. right. And it's basically us saying, okay, you're the stinky smelly squid. I think they even refer to squid snot or something like that, which makes perfect sense because squid was the fat kid on rocket power. I'm telling you, dog, <laughs> this is the fucking prequel. This is crazy. Yep. I like it. I, I'm unraveling the threads. This is a global fucking conspiracy, Brian. <laughs> Taking this to the White House. So they go to Heather's house. Her dad is the scientist from Ninja Turtles 2. You're not excited about this. Uh, I don't remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Well, I think we need to do an episode on it because it's fucking dope and it holds up because it's my oldest obsession. That's true. I'm down. I mean, I feel like we should also do Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yep. But, you know, maybe we'll do some little side projects. Yep. Definitely. Okay. So okay, so can we announce what our next episode's going to be? <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Do it. So I found out that Stephen King himself wrote The Running Man under a pseudonym. And so I am going to introduce here proudly Slash Action Hero where we will be doing an action movie, and this way we are tenuously tying it to Stephen King, we are tying it to the hockey theme of our show because of Sub-Zero, and Sub-Zero has a blade on his hockey stick, so it's literally slashing. That's next week. I like it. I'm already looking ahead because this, <laughs> I'm looking at our notes and I'm like, god damn, we have a lot to get through. <sighs> so, so yeah. this is where the dad comes outside, right, and he sees the kids, he's like, oh, you rascals. 
how you guys doing? Oh, we're, we're good. You know, we're about to take off. And he's like, all right, well, see you later. And then they go inside. Then yep. it cuts to the ice cream man back at his house. I guess so. Right. Or you don't really know where he lives, right? Or do you? you do, so uh, Nurse Wharton is there and he sleeps on the floor and she's not worried about him sleeping on the floor. So I don't know if he's supposed to sleep inside the ice cream but shop But it's weird. Or what. So she says like, oh, you're going to pay rent? And it's like ice cream. And you're Five like, oh, of Rocky hey, Road. that's so funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So he shows up he parks his, his truck and... Um, that's when you kind of get a glance at the poker that the pedo man had, right? And I didn't put two and two together, but I'm pretty sure it falls out of the truck. That's when Small Paul shows up. Is that when Small Paul? Yep. Oh, damn. Jumping Sorry, ahead. Dude. It's okay. Um, so poor dog is barking, right? He's uh, like, this guy's a fucking creep. Dude, we're not batting a good odds when it comes to animals. Every animal No, dies. Every, every single time you see a cute animal, more than likely it's going to die. Unfortunately, yeah. it's whatever at least the threatening part to the animal was pretty interesting when he pu- takes out the push pop and he's like are you having a bad day and pushes the push up but a knife comes out i was like okay uh, you can kill yeah, this dog yeah yeah absolutely so you know dog uh shows up starts barking totally annoys poor ice cream man he gets sick of it and all of a sudden you hear like a dog whimper yep right and it's like you hear a dog whimper almost every time you watch a fucking horror film and you're like, yep, yep, okay. He's dead. Not shocked. Then it cuts to a platter of meat to symbolize, oh, because the, he puts well, the actual so, dog in the grinder. Dude, Ugh. that was fucking intense. That's that not was, how it works, bro, because there's bones in that. That was like probably like one of the most intense parts of this movie. Yeah, man. Like it, it got real, real quick. And I remember watching it thinking to myself, oh, poor dog. And then it cut to that and I was like, wow. That was a whole nother level. Yeah. So uh, props to that guy. Super Um, unnecessary. (laughs) So then you have Nurse Wharton, who it's kind of your first glimpse of her, right? And you're not really sure what's going on there because she's supposed to be portraying this like fucking frail old lady. Yeah. That's the nurse. But clearly not. Let me ask you this. So they were, she refers to the, the little pinwheel, the fake plastic plants, right? Right. And she says, I do so wish you would plant one in my yard. Did you take that as her saying? Sexual anyway, yeah. though. Did you? Yep. For absolutely. sure. Because you can't, like, you're not planting a fake plant. And I was like, it was, but she didn't deliver it in a really sexual way. So I wonder if she even understood the ramifications She's of the She's a lonely anyway. old nurse Warren, man. Hell yeah. She wants more than some of that ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for Gregory cream. cream. Pie. Oh, no. <laughs> for cream pie. Ooh. Ooh sticky. <laughs> So then you have the meat, the dog going into the meat grinder, and then immediately it goes to like some fucking meatloaf, like a yeah, raw ass meatloaf going into a stove. To but, the Casera family, yeah. Right, but I don't recall ever growing up well, and seeing. It's not seeing, the Casera family, it's the other kids' family. The, the not tuna kids' the family. The not tuna kids' family. I don't yeah. remember ever growing up and seeing my mom make meatloaf with this giant tray of just fucking raw meat. I'm yeah. just like, nope, I don't remember that at all. But, you know, maybe that's just not me paying attention to my mother's culinary prowess. <laughs> <laughs> so we, it's weird. They end up... <sighs> you you get, like, your first intro. I kind of correlate the, the not-tuna kid with the guy from Weird Science. Okay. Who has the older brother that's fucking Chet. Oh, I have a name for him, by the way. <laughs> it's Brobocop. Brobocop? Because he's bro, and he wants to be a cop. I but like he's it. also, like, a bozo. Yeah, I was going to call him Chet. But yeah, Brobocop works too, right? Go. Because it's 
weird science family, right? Because it's like the functioning mom and dad who kind of don't give two shits about the younger kid, Little really pay yeah. attention to the to the older one. Yep. And you learn he wants to be a cop for some reason. Yeah. You find out he has bimbo freaking girlfriend who yeah. has zero like maybe what two lines in the entire film yeah but you get to see half of her boobs which is great do you really one did i miss photo. that oh Bitch, you missed that dude okay so check this out i'm watching the movie my wife's watching jack ryan on the tv i'm watching this on my fucking laptop and i look up and there's fucking jimmy halpert dude she, big old titties in his face and oh, i was like wow. that's awesome and then i look to this movie that's directed by a porn director no full boobage that's but crazy. at the one-hour photo later on in the movie, you find out the reason Robocop is so pissed that the kids took the camera. Is because he shot a bunch of, like, homemade Raw dog. shit. <laughs> Raw doggy. Okay, got it. So you find out. Is there anything you find out from the family is other no. than, like, yeah, I want to be a cop? You yeah, kinda, that's it. It's like a little background story between behind, like, why this guy eventually acts like a, a cop, a wannabe cop, and has like a gun and all this. It's just kind of backstory. So they tell the brother to drop the kids off the movie. Oh, He tells right. Tuna to lose weight and then drops them off. And then the kids apparently have seen a movie. Then they show up with Tuna's dad. And this is where you find out that Tuna's dad's an adulterer. And instantly he answers the phone and it's a lady in like red lingerie. Without Even if she wasn't wearing red lingerie, you know she's a mistress because that is the epitome of the typecast for a mistress. He's blonde-haired, bimbo-looking chick. And yeah, absolutely. You know what she reminds me of is the lady from Friday. Remember? I think they, they talked something along the lines of the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Oh, right? sticky. <laughs> so then we end up, the they find out the kid is missing. And the cop is interrogating the ice cream man. You find more bloody, gross stiff. He cores out an eyeball to put a marshmallow in the rocky road. Mm. Clearly, he doesn't core out the pupil. But then when they do a gross close-up of the cop's mouth, he's chewing on a pupil, which is just weird. I feel like that's part of the one of the grossest parts of the of the oh, movie yeah. is the close-up of the mouth chewing. Which is just because it's the guy's mouth chewing. It's not because there's anything so gory about it. It's so gross. Yeah, it's unsettling. Ugh. And so he says... As he's taking the ice cream cone from the ice cream man, hey, now that's an ice cream cone. You don't fucking say. But anyway. <laughs> Doesn't something happen where the kids are also in line, right, with the cops, or are they not? No, they're not. No. Damn the, it. the cop offers to buy the kid's mom a, an ice cream. The kid who's Oh, doesn't missing. he say something like, hey, lady, do you yeah. want an ice cream or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And his co-workers are like, bro, what the fuck? He's like, what? I thought it would cheer her up. <laughs> yeah, it's a little creepy. And it's, yeah, it's the poor mom that has the kid that's missing, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we then cut, the mistress cuts in front of the line of the kids because this line happens like right after it. So I can see why you'd think that. She cuts in front of the kids and she's like, I want you to pound fuck me with some hardback. <laughs> And she tells the guy her address like four times. I don't understand what hard pack is. I still don't understand what hard pack is. And she I'm should a- have just said fudge pack like a decent person. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to Google it. Yeah. So for sure. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and believe that it's some sort of ice cream. Yeah. And I have to believe it because after the fact, the kids go up and they're like, yeah, I'll have a hard pack as well. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds a little strange coming from a kid, but it must be ice cream. Yeah. And then you cut to what I think... It said, it, I put in my notes, dead, frozen kid, but I'm trying to think of which kid it would be because I don't think he actually kills a kid by this point. I think it must be the stick man. It's probably Pedo Man. Yeah. yeah. So then they go to a, he has a flash pack of the asylum and there's the whole only happy days quote, which I was like, oh God, 
I yeah. hope that pays off. Spoilers, it doesn't pay off. <laughs> so then they cut, uh, Heather goes home, and her mother is speaking in tongues, and her father says, the Archangel Gabriel speaking through your mother again. That is so weird. That's the, that's the most unnerving part of this movie. People kill people all the time, but people don't always think that their <laughs> wife, who is clearly having a fucking seizure, is the voice <laughs> of God. Yeah, I, I clearly thought there was something going on mentally with the mom, but apparently it was just her putting on some facade because that's what people do. I don't want to get too much into it, but... Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, weird, weird uh, religious people. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Zealots. So then the kids are talking about <laughs> wanting ice cream again, and nerd kid's like, I want more ice cream. And fat kid's like, I don't even want that much ice cream. <laughs> so that nerd kid runs off, and he finds the ice cream man dancing outside of his truck next That's to a so wall. That's so fucking weird. Like, he never does it again. That's it doesn't, thing. It doesn't like, make sense. I thought for sure it was going to be some, like, Clockwork Orange-style shit where every time he kills someone he dances or something nope that's not the case it's just that's the movie there's, there's nothing to add to the plot it's just him randomly dancing yeah. out in the parking lot so he offers the kid some butter brickle after correctly guessing it's his favorite he says that's my favorite he gives the kid the scoop and then uh, the it, it kind of pans away right it pans away and all of a sudden it shows him like bringing the kid into the car and well, then that's, that's after when the two... kid sees the bloody stick fall down because that's where right. he realizes okay he has so to that's bring... where he sees pedo stick yeah okay and then so he sees that. So oddly enough, when Tuna is hiding behind the dumpster, do you know what this reminded me of? It reminded me of Cape Fear, where Nick Nolte basically hires thugs to beat the shit out of Robert De Niro. I forget his name in the movie, but it's neither here nor there. They end up beating the shit out of him with like a lead pipe, and Robert De Niro ends up kind of fighting back and beating the shit out of him. Nick Nolte knocks over a something behind the dumpster and he totally calls him out he's like i hear you counselor i see you behind the dumpster motherfucker no he didn't say that but it's in a weird creepy voice and totally reminded me of that within the movie right because you have poor jim halpert hiding behind the dumpster and uh his goofy ass foot sticking out right his goofy ass fucking clown shoe of of converse not saying there's anything wrong with converse but i mean they definitely stick out a little bit so uh so then ice cream man's story is initially oh hey well you know this kid's hurt i'm taking him to the hospital and then he threatens him and says hey you turd you learn you can't run from the ice cream man i know i'll i know where you live and i'll kill your parents <laughs> and you're just like jesus christ That's a strange threat it's a strange threat like you know i know where you live yeah obviously there's some threat involved there but then I, i'll kill your parents well That's... like if you're not afraid to kill this kid why <laughs> like why don't you just say i'll kill you too i'll kill everybody yeah. let's put it that way <laughs> scorched earth motherfucker no more tuna casserole so you know, you think he, that's what the name was supposed to be because his name is Tuna Casera. Do you think it's supposed to be a pun? Oh, on tuna casserole? that's cool. I think so. That'd oh. be that'd be kind of sweet. I mean, I like uh, Jim Halpert, but <laughs> big tuna. So he chases him home, right? He doesn't get him. Obviously, he makes it home, and uh, the first thing his mom says, "What." Take your shoes off. But then she's wearing shoes. Right. She's a hypocrite. Yeah. Was she wearing her sweet ass fucking pantsuit as well? No, not at that point. She's wearing (laughs) a very 90s outfit. But she's accusing the dad of adultery and they're yelling at each other. And there's a really weird close up of both of their mouths, which made me uncomfortable. Yeah. It almost makes it seem like they're reiterating how much aggression is going on between the two. Well, it's interesting because at the very, 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 very beginning of the movie when you're dealing with the kid who was on the computer running to his mom's purse, you see her foot first. And at first you just kind of hear a disembodied voice. And I thought it was going to be like a Charlie Brown thing where you never saw the parents' heads. And this is the exact opposite where you saw 
full just, focus just the head. mouth and that's it being a porn director mouth feet i mean fuck it's not a far shot it makes a lot of sense so tuna's dad ends up going out on the porch and says what the hell is that ice cream dork doing out so late and then you find out that he's been staring at tuna through the window to show like i know who you is <laughs> again it's very weird there's a, like a shopping scene with the mom where the ice cream man shows up in the dairy aisle and the kid's running away and he runs into a rack of paper towels and falls down Dude. and is pinned under the weight, the tremendous weight <laughs> of paper towels. I mean, if anything, I thought that rack landed on him pretty fucking hard. Yeah, it, le- it, it seemed like it. I was like, wow, that's some really good acting. I feel like he definitely probably got hurt. You know, it's supposed to be super suspenseful. It seemed it just ended it's up not. being really silly. It, yeah. Right. He like hides underneath the island. In, in like the produce yeah and, and then he hops on a produce cart and gets right out. and meanwhile like you're thinking to yourself okay this fucking produce guy isn't thinking to himself like i have a fat little tuna hanging out you know hitching, the kid's hitching so a ride fat, you're pushing less <laughs> produce that you just like and you'd be like huh i wonder why this cart is so heavy right so here's here's a little bit of information apparently the girl that stops gregory in the grocery store and asks him about the shades of color of lipstick uh-huh. it's a porn star don't doubt it yeah definitely she's uh, noticeably better looking than a lot of women in this movie the director had to pull a few strings get a few little extras you know yeah so what probably what it was he had a casting couch and he was like all right you do a couple <laughs> oh, of these movies no. i'll put you in my legitimate motion picture oh no i forget what uh what fucking ice cream man says he says something along lines of uh oh yeah it's your shade buy, yeah, d- buy, a dozen. Shed. buy a dozen of them lady like yeah okay that's fucking clever i like it so then it cuts to tuna being in the manager's office and the manager's like hey you're not gonna sue us are you which is weird that and was then, a really weird thing to say and then tuna's just like yeah mom i was told i couldn't tell or he'd kill me and you but i'm telling you so there goes that <laughs> literally you have one scene where it's like setting up the consequences of telling and then the kid just fucking tails anyway, like a narc bitch. Right. So then do we go to our kind of first, or no, this is the second scene that would have the cops, right? Or the cops are kind of uh, sure. looking looking into... Oh, this is where they have the, the warrant, yeah. Right. So they're looking into the ice cream man, right? They go to the factory? Exactly. Right. So they're like looking into it and they're saying, okay, well, this guy is kind of strange maybe we should delve a little deeper and you have absolutely no idea who the fuck any of these guys are like at all this is the second time seeing them there's no background story mm-hmm. i don't even remember their names specifically Statler uh, I'm sure. and Waldorf, that's all i'm gonna call <laughs> airbud and fucking mutton chops I'm too old for this shit. That's what I would call that guy because he is old and clearly doesn't care about being in this movie. Lee Majors the second. So is this, uh, they go into the factory, right? Yeah. And so they, they fuck everything up. They leave. But they don't, oddly enough, they don't look in the ice cream truck. Yeah. They only look in the property. Hmm. It's very yeah. weird. <laughs> Which, whatever, we're fine. I thought that for sure that Small Paul Pagemaster was going to be in the truck. It turns out that he's in this like hidden compartment in the shop. Okay. Then he takes the kid out and doesn't harm him, and they're just, like, talking like friends. And then you see, like, the menacing device, which, ooh, foreshadowing. Right, it's a little bit of foreshadowing. And he's, it's funny because I think the cop says something like, oh, yeah, this will take my hand right off. And he's and like, he's I like, use it to chop nuts. <laughs> that was so fucking weird. Yeah. I use it to chop nuts. I just imagine little Nicky saying everything. Yeah, I think that he's threatening the cop there. Yeah, But definitely. it's not really... I don't know, like, the cop's going to rip out his nutsack and then put it out there? Like, come on. Is, is this where Nurse Wharton comes out and she's like, where's, where's my, my dog? dog? <laughs> Officer, you're here to see me. I Where's my dog? And they're like, oh, 
Fuck you, lady. You're fucking crazy. (laughs) Your dog is probably dead. And this guy probably killed him. Because they're still suspicious as fuck of this guy, even after they leave, which I thought that was reassuring. Because so often in these movies, it's like, oh, well, I looked for five minutes. He must be innocent. Whereas in this, they're like, I looked for five minutes. Let's look elsewhere because we still think it's this guy. Now, you know what's funny is this is the second time where somebody uh, refers to the fake flowers, Mm. right? You're like, okay, there should be like some fake flowers, some fake daisies on the fucking cover or something because this is the second time somebody said something because yeah, i mean he, asked, Warren, he asked ice cream man how he does it and he was like cut up cops and i use it as fertilizer <laughs> that's not the thing that you say when you want the cops to leave right and it also doesn't reference anything to cutting people up and using them for ice cream it seems like it's another i don't know it seemed strange to segue into using cops as fertilizer for these fake trees or yeah. fake fake plants i don't know it was weird and he also doesn't kill any cops no well he does at the very end of the oh, movie the yeah two heads. yeah all right whatever i i misspoke <laughs> fuck so the nurse tells him to have a happy day and he has another flashback to the asylum moving on he turns on the machine, goes to the compartment, gets the kid, gives the kid a cone of ice cream that he pulled up off the floor. Kid has no problem eating the peanut butter brickle oh, off the floor. Oh, that was so fucking gross. Gross! They cut to Heather's dad preaching. He's having the stigmata hands. All the kids are dressed in their Sunday best except for fucking computer boy. Ugh. Let's just start blazing through this. I hate this. <laughs> uh, Heather is reading this janky-ass copy of the Pied Piper that's covered in moose piss. And she, they're hanging out. They hear the ice cream truck. They say they need to catch him on film. I said that it feels like it instantly cuts to 20 minutes ahead. They needed a goddamn montage because they go from just kids to kids in tactical stuff with rockets attached to their bikes. Felt well, like that's Dr. how they're Eagle. the rocketeers. Hello. Rocket I mean, power. Fuck. Wiggity, 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 wiggity. <laughs> right. So they're chasing after him. Is this Where the did po- they get matching berets so fast? That's what I need to know. I think, is that, that, okay, so that is where they're chasing him, right? It was when you first see the berets, right? Yes. And then and then you see it at the end of the film where they give the fucking, the, new, the new kid stupid beret. Anyways, they're chasing after him. One of they, do they split up and they shoot a rocket into a fucking cop car? Yeah, right. Because they're trailing the ice cream man. Apparently, yeah. And the kid who shoots it, I believe he's supposed to be thinking that he is shooting the rocket at the ice cream truck. It does no damage to the cop car. It seems like it did a lot of damage, but apparently not because after the fact, they're sitting in the cop car yeah. and uh, they're getting a fucking stern talking to. They think that the ice cream man has Elizabeth, right? And that's when they say, Heather? hey, Heather? is a- Yeah, he- the little Damn. girl who's... Cause- so not tuna leaves heather in the ice cream truck or right in front of the ice cream truck with the camera and she makes the other kid go back to check on tuna as she embarks in the most dangerous area alone right while the ice cream man is in the house of the mistress what is happening oh man we're totally skipping one of the best parts i feel like slay of the game right oh where he kills where he kills the fucking stupid dad who's a adulterer and with a waffle iron to the the well partially waffle iron to the face and then he just cuts his head off somehow i'm not sure how exactly with ice cream utensils but the head is cut off and then he puts it on a giant waffle cone it is so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, shows it to the lady. How does he kill her? Do they show how she dies? Not that I remember. Oh. But it doesn't really does it, matter. doesn't matter. I, again, I don't feel like they have many kills on... Not many. Like, yeah. Where you actually see people dying. Exactly. So, okay. Going back. 
to where we were before. So the cop goes to Reverend, to Heather's house, and they're like, hey, we feel like your kid's missing. And he's like, nah, she's not. Right. I feel like you should check. So he goes up, and Heather's is And Heather's there, which is funny, because I don't feel like, I I thought to myself, she would be missing. Yep. That's what I thought. I was like, okay, she's going to clearly be missing, because she's still going to be out. A decent fake out, yeah. And then, okay, she was there. And then the the Reverend totally pulls some, like, fucking high and mighty bullshit. So, oh, hey, why don't you show up to uh, Sunday's meeting? It's going to be about trust. It's going to be about trust. And you're like, okay, the guy's doing his fucking job, right? Like, sorry for wanting to make sure your daughter's okay. While you're sitting there watching your wife (laughs) froth at the mouth, you (laughs) fucking prick. So she drops the film off at the one-hour photo before knowing that she has enough money to pick up the film. And there's a stupid scene talking about, like, oh, is it a one-hour? Well, it's one-hour photo on the sign. And the guy's like, well, you get this. That, that scene nowadays would go over so many kids' heads because they'd be like, you go to Costco, it's ready in 20 <laughs> minutes off of your digital camera. Like, what yep. is this conversation? Yep. Fuck, man. Good old days. So the... He hacks at her with a blade and gets fake blood in the eye. That's how he kills the mistress. I realize I know it's kind of like a sickle-looking blade. Do you remember that? Oh, that's, that's the right. weird thing because it's like a super close-up of his face, and he like oddly blinks. Like, oh, and it, it's right in the fucking yeah. eyeball too. Yeah, Not that's comfort. true. Doesn't he say something along the lines of "It's it's grenadine"? Yep. Oh, it's grenadine. I think yeah. <laughs> From uh, making my tasty treats. <laughs> they cut back to Ice Cream Man and Paul, and they're making ice cream. You get the second reference to that blade cutting off somebody's hands. Interestingly enough, the Ice Cream Man starts straining this goop, and he finds the mistress's earrings, a ring, and her oh, diaphragm. Oh, her diaphragm. That was so gross. So weird. So, and so gross. And so he puts it in a trunk full of clown doll heads. That's... I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's That's very odd. weird. It's, it's just like a little trunk. And it, like, so he like rests the diaphragm on a little clown's head and is like, Ugh. So how much of this do you think is the random things going on in Clint Howard's brain? Or this is maybe a porn director trying to make things really weird? I think he's trying to be weird more than oh. it's actually... Like Clint Howard's like kind of... Uh, pre- yeah exactly yeah. okay so from there you have the cops going to the asylum which, which is, is the sleep what is it called whispering willow wishing wells wishing wells whispering wish <laughs> wishing wells uh, insane asylum which oddly enough did you did you read that it was an actual asylum no like that was an actual asylum in pasadena oh it was an abandoned asylum all of the graffiti on the wall was actually there oh. they didn't touch it up or anything so it's weird there's like this spray paint where it says all good children go to heaven and then there's a handprint but it's clearly spray paint so that person would have had to spray paint their hand and then put their hand on the wall didn't yeah, like that it's a little strange it doesn't read as like blood or anything it was very odd right so you have the cops talking to said doctor who they think is a doctor yeah whose right. name in the credits is crazy doctor which is crazy doctor right you have Airbud who seems totally uninterested the entire time, Dude, right? Dude, I'll be honest. At this point, I put the speed of the movie to 1.28. <laughs> only 85 minutes, but I was like, get to the point. No, that's that's perfectly uh, perfectly normal because you would have sped up Airbud to walking normal speed because, <laughs> because he was walking so fucking slow. Yeah. And it's funny because you have all these crazy, you know, insane asylum people like fucking swinging random things at him and he's just like getting pushed around like this is fine whatever and they split up one guy goes out into the front of the insane asylum Airbud stays up top and they pan to where the cop is staring up out 
outside into the insane asylum and you see gunshots yeah right and so you're like oh shit Airbud's getting fucking killed or something and then all of a sudden it shows Airbud just walking all willy-nilly like everything's fine like two seconds later there's no way he had enough time to get from there to there at the pace he's he walking. was he was definitely kind of like recouping from like a fucking sweet binge the night before yeah i what well, my theory is that one of the inmates stole his gun is the only way that makes sense and it's a terrible theory to have to make for something but so as a cop you would probably run as fast as you could would you not or you'd lock the fucking door like this isn't a zombie movie so as he's like leaving the place he just lets them follow him why don't you just close the goddamn door right right apparently it's fine just let these nutbags out and around and they'll mosey on back to their own little fucking corner and everybody will be fine. Hunky yeah. dory. And as they're in there, there, there's the injection of what you referred to as guacamole. What I referred to <laughs> as the tire goo that Steve Irwin used to sell on infomercials. Oh shit. Yeah. And this plot never makes sense. No, no. The whole I, injection it shows, people. It shows Miss, yeah. It shows Miss Wharton or nurse Wharton being there and saying something like, Oh, you know, have, happy days happy days right and he says i think the doctor says you know there are no no more happy days here or he says something right because he hears like the insane oh that's at the beginning when he sees when Airbud sees the doctor and he starts talking to him all of a sudden you hear screaming in that in the background yeah. and he says like oh i have to go there are not happy days right now or some shit exactly and you're like okay that's cool i guess the whole scene is just this weird hodgepodge it does there's no consequence to any of it like the fact that they're even there has no consequence the fact that clint howard was there doesn't mean that he's a psycho killer kiss kisse it's just weird yeah um i take it as just kind of filler at least it's a different scene it is kind of eerie as they're walking through the halls and there's the people around but they're not threatening so it's just kind of eerie more than it's scary yeah but whatever uh they probably had a bunch of porn people from the sets and were like hey why don't you towel yourself off and put on some weird clothes and you can stand in this insane asylum? This probably isn't going to relate because a straight edge, you, did you watch Beer Fest? No. Well, I mean, I watched parts of it. Okay. I, so in Beer Fest, they go, you know, out to Germany mm-hmm. and they go to like some underground place to get to the drinking, the beer drinking festival, the underground beer drinking festival. Yeah. And it pans to where they pass a bunch of different rooms of weird fucking people doing all kinds of weird things. Yeah. It totally reminded me of that where it just kind of pans to different psychiatric rooms i guess you'd i don't know gotcha. what you would call them well, and there's shows, like one where they're shitting in a toilet and, and there's then one there's where another where it's like a guy playing with somebody else's beard right and yeah. it, it it was kind of cool kind of interesting but nothing really came of it so yeah whatever yeah so then the kids talk to the brother or brobo cop and they're like oh we got to go save paul because paul's alive because the other kid was alive and then he pulls out this gun and starts brandishing it and he's like, I've got the gun. The badge will follow as he's pointing the gun at children because he's not using proper firearm safety, which pisses me off. You cut to the ice cream man who's been brainwashing the page master. <laughs> and uh, the bro explains to the kids how to use his radio. And he goes in alone. Da, 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 da. Ice cream man puts him in the thing. The bro is looking around. He sees the picture of the ice cream king. He they pans over. They don't show how the bro dies, right? Nope. That's another off screen kill. And then miraculously, somebody comes out dressed like the brother and sits in the car. And you're like, so obvious. My brain hurts. (laughs) So he stabs this lady in the fucking face with an ice pick. It's like right in the neck, right? Yeah, up the jaw into the head. Yeah, I like it. It was good. That was probably my favorite kill because you actually saw the kill. When it comes to David Naughton, you don't actually see him die. You just see 
the perspective of his face getting waffle ironed. So all. then the kids run, right? They're trying to get away from Ice Cream Man. He then has the head puppets, yep. right? He's chasing them around with head puppets. Which, which is the best effect in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Other than fucking adulterer getting a waffle cone. I think this is yeah. better because it has some form of articulation. Oh, that's true. Because he's, he's totally to wiggling them, wiggling their well, mouth. you can and... see he pulls the trigger and makes the mouth move. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I liked it. And it was so funny. Like, he has like some like fun dialogue with the dead cop. little puppet show. Right. So that that was pretty cool. And then it goes to... Oh, the ice cream man gives an important lesson on consent from the severed head saying to the other one that you can't spy on women, you have to charm them. I was like, huh, interesting that he is the voice of reason. Right. But then... So- so the kid, no, I was going to say, the kid, they go and they meet Nurse Nurse Wharton, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, please help us. There's a fucking madman after us. And she's like, oh, yeah, hide in here. Oh, they're playing hide and seek. So she's clearly fucking bananas. Well, because he tells her earlier when she hears the neighborhood children screaming, he's like, oh, don't worry. We're just playing hide and seek. So when they yeah, come but to her she's still help, bananas. Oh, right? she's nuts, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, you're expecting some kind of payoff. Like, she's the one who's been orchestrating this whole devious plan. She's Nothing. just a lady She's without a dog. She's just a fucking crazy, crazy lady who wants her dog back. So, you know, she gives the kids, literally gives them back to the killer. Yep. And she's like giggling like a little fucking schoolgirl. Like, oh, I helped him catch the kids. Sweet. So Tuna tries to escape and the cops are there and they're like, hey, you let that kid go. And so the ice cream man has him in his truck and he's force feeding him ice cream. Really weird. So then he throws fat kid out of the truck oh this is of course after he picks up fat kid who's on the bike and goes i'm fishing for tuna or i'm hooked on tuna right right so he throws the kid at the cops and then he's on top of the truck somehow he had an escape hatch i guess i mean you know what if you're going to be a killer you should always have an escape hatch absolutely it's it's so words to live by (laughs) he hits him with ice cream scoops knocks him unconscious he has a flashback to the goo injection which we were both kind of wishing we had you were thinking, hey, I want a guacamole in my brain instead of the thoughts of this movie. And I was thinking that I need to plug up all of the orifices in my brain so I could not take in more you know, visual stimulation from this movie. So Page Master pulls out the picture of the original Ice Cream King and is like, come to me. Right. And this definitely plays into my theory of him being his dad. Yeah. Right. So he, he has the picture and he's like, oh, I don't know what the... He says... Does he say anything or it's just like quiet? He's just holding the head and he's like... He's like talking to him. He's talking to him. As if he is the ice cream king. And so then he follows, gets his sleeve caught in the machine. And what does Page Master say? Oh, I'm going to fuck it up. I don't know. What is it? (laughs) Who's the Pied Piper now, ice cream dick? (laughs) Okay, right. Who's the Pied Piper now, Ice Cream Dick? So that makes you believe that the kid's fine. Yep. Right? He's totally, he's he's fine. He's going to grow up and be a normal kid. Because you saw him like laughing at the other kids trying to escape earlier. But then it's like, oh, I guess he's normal. Right. Because he makes this little quip and you're like, oh, he definitely got him. But meanwhile, Ice Cream Man's basically converting him into a little mini Ice Cream Man. So then cuts they're all outside. Nurse Wharton asks about her dog, then asks about Gregory, <laughs> which I was like, that's nice. Um, it cuts to the, the way the leaves are moving. It's supposed to be sometime thereafter, like fall, because they reference it being a hot summer. And they give the new kid a beret, which is so cute. Which is funny because they're like, well, small Paul's gone. So <laughs> you're going to replace him. Yeah. It's just that easy. Your substitute page master. <laughs> and they cut to Paul, who's in what appears to be just a black room with a white spotlight on him. And he turns. Making, he's like stirring ice cream and like an old fashioned ice cream maker. And he smiles at the camera. 
The end. Blah, blah, blah. And so I wrote here in my notes, Highlander rules, question mark. There can only be one. <laughs> so he kills him and then he takes his power. I like it. All right. <sighs> it's the time to move on to fan questiones slash commentos. Yep. Let's do it. I think these are all comments. Cult Classic Mania. Ha- well, I say that right before getting to a question. Cult Classic Mania. Or it's actually Cult, Cult Classic, Classic Matthew. Matthew. Oh. Of Cult Classic Mania. It's his private account because we're such good homies. Hey, hey, Asks, hey. how does someone like Clint Howard possibly get a lead role? Hollywood is weird. Um, it's because his last name is Howard and he's yeah. been acting since he was two. He, he's riding on that coattail. For sure. That's it. And also, if you're that fucking weird looking and you don't have to use that much makeup, for sure I'm going to hire a that a lot guy. of money on special effects. Yeah. So, or, um, yeah, special effects. David um, N-O-R-A-J-R says, asks... Do you think Dippin' Dots is still the ice cream of the future? If no, what is? <laughs> it's my favorite question in the world. Oh, shit. Dippin' Dots reminds me of Raging Waters. Dude. And the rain. Why. The Ontario rain. Ontario rain. They have yep. them there. It's so weird to see how in 2019, kids still get that fucking excited about Dippin' Dots. I don't understand how people get excited about tiny pieces of ice cream. Yeah. I want a giant bowl of ice cream. I don't want a bunch of tiny dots of ice cream it's yeah i don't understand it huh. but i don't have any alternative to say what oh i do know what the future is it's all the places where they use liquid nitrogen and they make the ice cream in front of you have you seen those oh that's cool it's pretty cool Ooh, i remember going to space camp where they had dry ice cream do you remember that oh where like they, it's, it's an ice cream yeah yeah it's in like a little pouch pouch exactly astronaut ice cream yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That was popular with the, uh, like, Raven's Revenge and those. You oh, could, shit. I think they even used to have that shit at Laser Star. Raven's Revenge was my jam. I remember, like, mixing that shit up, making my own concoction. Like, I was fucking summoning the devil. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. A kid who lived on the street behind me growing up used to snort pixie sticks and Raven's Revenge. I was like, that's not how you do that. <laughs> you are wasting money. It makes you think to yourself, where is this kid now? Yeah, I know. <laughs> because I had to make a stupid fucking Facebook to try and promote this show. And I saw that he was one of the people who they recommended. And I had this, like, flashback of Good. judging him then. And I'm <laughs> judging him now. <laughs> Caterpillar Girl 87 this used to be my favorite movie as a young kiddo you're wrong no well, <laughs> I was gonna say you know what it fit under the horror genre for me when it comes to watching this you know going back to what yeah, I was saying earlier it's uh, harmless I, like I would feel fine letting a kid watch this this is like I said barely above right the severity of an are you afraid of the dark yeah this is definitely a, a block bless bleh, blockbuster classic right absolutely it's the VHS marketing X Robbie Hart X how does this compare to Star Trek the next generation asking for a friend if you don't know he and I have been having a lovely tete-a-tete where I'm trying to prove to him that Star Wars is bullshit and Star Trek is where it's at how does it compare well I'll have you know that in the original series as aforementioned Clint Howard made a great cameo appearance it's a little weird but it's good I mean they don't again they don't have to use much like cosmetics for him they're like wow you look like an alien you straight up look like an alien so just say it in a creepy voice and everything will be okay yeah i would rather watch a mediocre episode of the next generation twice in a row than watch this movie again but i'm still (laughs) glad that we've added it to our list xx ashley i watched ice cream man on monster vision when i was a kid my introduction to joe bob felicitatis that's awesome yeah that's like what a great introduction to because joe bob is so good at making schlock relevant and interesting and i wish i would have even found him sooner when i was a kid because 
I always love film production because like like I've told the story a million times about finding the books about the Universal Monsters and just loving the idea of bringing it to life. So hearing him talk to Clint Howard was cool. And also he did a really good job of explaining other works of Clint Howard and kind of dropping these little tidbits. So you're like, oh, well, I want to check out this and I want right, to check out that. Right, right, right. He does a really good job of it by referencing these movies. And then you suddenly have a cue on your Netflix, on your Shutter, on your Hulu that's like 20 movies long and you're weeping. <laughs> yeah, Joe Bob Briggs really understands a way in kind of polishing turds. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like it's still a turd, but it's it's a little more refined, right? It's so, a pretty turd. It's a pretty turd. It's still a turd, nonetheless. But so it's time to rate this movie in the pantheon of slashers. There is, of course, a classic, a classic, which is a good good movie, a tragic, which is a good bad movie, and a tragic, which is a bad bad movie. Currently, our champions are Carrie as a classic, Blood Diner as a tragic, and Shud as a tragic. I think we both agree that somebody's getting dethroned tonight. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I feel like this is dethroning Chud for Tragic. Yep. Reason being, Chud is somewhere in the middle between a Tragic and a Tragic. It has really good redeeming qualities to it. Yeah. And well, it, it, like, I think that I speak for both of us. Chud was a Tragic because we needed somebody to hold that title. This movie is bad. So this is actually a tragic, whereas I think that Chud was just by default. But, and at the same time, I'm saying this where I'm not shitting on this movie. I feel like people should watch it because it's so bad that it's good. Yeah, it's harmless enough. This is a movie that could have been fixed with just a little bit better comedic timing and a little bit more gore. I mean, they have some cool effects, but just lean into it and pick one. Like, I think this movie is a little too gory for some kids, you know, the normies. But I think this is a good tweener movie for a kid who's maybe seen, let's say, Gremlins. And he's like, ah, oh, I'd really like to watch something a little bit more. Right, This right. is your more severity before you end up watching a Serbian film. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, it's, it's a stretch. Baby steps. <laughs> it's a stretch. But yeah, I mean, Serbian film, uh, you know, off, off, uh, off scene kills of people uh, getting decapitated. Yeah. So. so, Brian? The time to end this episode for the week? I think so, man. And uh, just going to throw out this little saying that I usually do at the end of this uh, thingamajig. Do you want me what to cue it? you in? I'll, I'll do a drum roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, now I'm going to forget what I was going to say. Every fucking week, um, if you're not watching him dying, you're not really trying. Boom. Damn. And for Brian, this is Jake, reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy.